Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We're Having a Good Time podcast. My name's Dusty Slay, and I am here uh, in the home studio with my wife and co-host, Hannah Hogan. Hey, guys. All right. Well, welcome, Hannah. Um, Here we are. We're doing this. Normally, we try to do this podcast uh, during Daisy's nap time during the day, but here we are. We've put it off until the night time. So it should still be coming out on Thursday, which is the normal time to be coming out now. Um, but we're doing it late. We got a lot going on. We're a little sleepier. We are a little sleepier. I mean, I was sitting in a chair earlier with my sweet daughter, Daisy. And we were watching a little Cocoa Melon, and I was feeling uh, a sleepy vibe. Yeah, we had a big chicken dinner. Yes, we did. And it was delicious. Our daughter loves to eat rice. She <laughs> loves rice. Dang, she does. We can go to a Mexican restaurant and just order her rice, and she just tears it up. And then she just keeps asking for more rice while she has rice in front of her. Yeah, if there's rice in front of her, but she can see that there's a bigger pile of rice somewhere (laughs) else, she wants some of that rice. She's like, rice, rice, (laughs) rice. (laughs) Oh, my God. And that is true. Yeah. but um, she's starting to get the same way about grits. Yeah, she loves grits now too. That's Actually, a- tonight she ate all that rice, and then she said grits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she loves small things that you can eat a lot of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, grits are delicious. So, and I also love rice. Mm-hmm. So here we are. Uh, I am very sore today. My my entire body hurts. We went to. Um, uh, the trampoline park here in Hermitage yesterday. And I jumped with Daisy uh, for about, I don't know, an hour and a half. Now, I grew up on trampolines, but I've not jumped on a trampoline in a long time, probably in at least four or five years. I mean, me and Hannah went to a trampoline park uh, when we used to, because before Hannah moved to the U.S., she was uh, living in Canada and she was getting her work visa to move down here, but she wasn't allowed to leave Canada for a while. And I had a lot of gigs in Ohio. So I was driving up to Windsor and meeting Hannah, uh, and we would hang out. And uh, we went to a trampoline park there one time, and that was a lot of fun. But I don't think we jumped for as long as me and Daisy jumped. No. But I was still very sore. But this time, I'm like, I thought I'd be sore last night. I did a show at Zany's last night, which was very good. I thank you, everyone that came. Um, but I just thought, oh, I'm not even that sore. But I woke up hurting today. Yeah, you've been talking about it all day. As the day goes on, I mean, it gets worse as the day goes on. New parts of my body become sore. But I'm into it. I like it. I mean, that's that shows me that those parts of the body need to be worked out. They need to be moved. So I think we're going to buy a, you know, monthly membership to the, to the trampoline park where we can just go unlimited. You can just go jumping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just go jumping. Because I love trampolines. I mean, we, we jumped on that thing. I mean, they have these, like the equivalent of a ball pit, but it's like foam squares. And they have a high dive that you can get up on. You climb up on the high dive like you're at a swimming pool, and you jump off into this foam 
squat foam cube pit. And it's amazing. They have a trapeze, but the trapeze, you're supposed to jump off the ledge and grab hold of the trapeze. I don't know if you've ever done that before, but your full body weight comes crashing down on your arms. Now, I did it, and I was able to hang on because I used to swing on a lot of vines as a kid. But, oh, man, it almost ripped my arms out of my shoulder sockets. Uh, I had to, I tried to do the monkey bars. I got about four or five rungs in. I was surprised I even did that, but it's like, that's tough. There's a balance beam I did with no problem. There's a little rock wall that I did with no problem. Um, they're also like what they call performance trampolines. And, um, you're supposed to bounce really high on those, but they also have walls that you can get up on and you're on the wall and you jump off the wall into onto the trampoline. And, you know, they make you sign a waiver. They don't care what you're doing out there. They don't care. You signed all the waivers. They don't care if you break your, your back out there. I did not jump off the highest wall. And even on the little wall, I kind of babied it. I didn't want to go full bore the first day. Let's give these muscles an opportunity to work themselves out. But it was really fun, you know. They got kind of sideways trampolines where you can, like, jump and bounce into it, and it'll kind of throw you back out on the trampoline. It's great. They had the ninja warrior thing where you could – I did a little bit of that. Um, I, just a lot of fun. It's really the place to be in Hermitage. We discovered it for um, a birthday party that we took Daisy to. And I'll tell you what, I think all the children in the Mount Juliet Hermitage area congregate at this trampoline park on the weekends. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about my line of work and and, and really always my line of work. I mean, I've always waited tables or something and, 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 you know, but it's like I work on the weekends. So when I want to do things, I go out during the week and it's amazing. The only time in my life when I wasn't able to do that was four or five years when I was a full time pesticide salesman mm. that's the only time when i didn't have my weekdays free mm. um but the trampoline park is amazing and i mean i feel like that I, it would be an easy adjustment i think my body is uh i was raised with a trampoline when i was growing up we had a round trampoline not too big but not really small um we had a uh i could not even begin to tell you the dimensions but it was a circle we had no covers or pads over the springs. We had no, you know, nets up along the sides. I mean, it was full on. You could jump right off that thing. In fact, we would. We would jump off onto the ground sometimes. Uh, we had it right up next to this giant black walnut tree, which was also right up next to my dad's deck uh, patio. So we would jump. You could jump off the deck onto the trampoline or you could jump off the deck and grab hold to a limb and swing out and jump on the trampoline or you could get in the tree and jump on the trampoline we had a uh, a set uh, a, a kid's playset that i had when i was a younger kid with the monkey bars and the uh, slide and the swings and stuff and it was off to the side you could get on it and jump off onto the trampoline um you when we got a little older we would jump off the trampoline onto the deck uh, me and my stepbrothers, they were a bit older than me. We would play, uh, popcorn as they, as they call it, where you, you crouch down and you hold your feet, uh, and you try not to pop, you know, and they jump up. Somebody else will jump up. That's bigger and try to pop you. 
And my older stepbrother would always get mad that he had to do the popping all the time. But he was like so big that when it was time to pop him, like me and my stepbrothers, like we couldn't even lift him off the trampoline. Yeah, you probably just hurt yourself, just sink it. Jump and slide yeah. into his body. But we used to do the thing where, I, th I forget what we call it, like uh, catapulting or something where you, you're you jumping and you jump kind of at the same time as someone else. And then they'll like jump. I don't know if it's right before or right after you. And they can springboard you really high up into the air. It's amazing. I used to always be that kid. We put the trampoline next to the swimming pool one time. I have a lot of this on video. I actually have a video. I've tried to share it a bunch of times. I thought people would like it. No one cares. But it's a video of me um, jumping on the trampoline and then falling into the springs. All the way down. Straight up to the... Straight up to my... As I would call it as a kid. Straight up to my tallywhacker. That's what I would call... Now, is that a significant memory, or is it just that it happens to be caught on video? I think it's just that it happens to be caught on video. Okay. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I remember it happening, but I don't, I don't sit around and go, what a traumatic time. Yeah, did you ever get seriously injured with us, all this trampolining? Because it doesn't sound up to safety code these days. No, things. no, I mean, we jumped, um, you know, I fell on my fingers one time, and I felt like I bent them back, and that hurt. Uh, but I remember um, we put it next to the swimming pool. My dad had a pool. And, uh, yeah, that's the real um, – is dichotomy the word? That's the real um, thing of my life, right? I talk all about growing up in a trailer park, and then I reference my dad's house, and he had trampoline, a pool, four-wheelers, and that all is true. But I, I, I had um, – you know, I, my parents were divorced, and I lived with my mom the majority of the time. And we lived in a trailer. I lived in a two-bedroom trailer with my mom and two sisters. But then on every other weekend, I would go to my dad's house. And he had, you know, a farm. And he had four-wheelers. And, and um, you know, but he also was remarried. He was remarried and I had two stepbrothers. Now, I like my stepbrothers, but I didn't really like my stepmom. So I didn't want to be there. So given the option to live with my mom or my dad, I always chose my mom. Uh, because I just had more fun. Even with all those toys that my dad had, I was just more, it was a more fun environment with my mom. My stepmom was just a weird lady. Um, well, yeah, she's not your mom and she probably don't care about you that much. Right, exactly. And when I watch back home videos, it's debatable if my dad cared that much about her kids. Uh, my dad was usually the one with the camera. Now, he did lots of nice things for the kids, but did he deeply care about them? It's tough to say. Yeah, like he didn't say nice things to them all the time. Well, yeah, I mean, it wasn't... that. There was one stepbrother that was my age, and then there was the other one who was a little older. And, um, yeah, he would always, always kind of like... It, it felt like he was always joking with him, but it always felt like he was, like, putting him down. And I do think that my dad was just joking, but when that's the weird thing about home videos, when you go back and watch them, you're like, oh, you know, it's like I said, it's like uh, time travel for ruining your memories. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, y y you, ha you have such a, you know, a sun kissed view of your childhood and sometimes and then you watch back home videos as an adult and you're like, geez, my dad was like really on me all the time. And, yeah. But not on my brothers. It's like, what was that all about? Yeah. 
I mean, my dad would always, you know, my dad kind of had the uh, video cam camcorder, not before anyone else, but not everybody in his area had a camcorder, right? And so my dad was always filming. And he would always tell people, like, move around. He'd go, this is a moving camera. He'd go, you can move around with this one. You don't have to just stand still with mine. He would always tell that. So, you know, you could always tell. Now, on one hand, my dad has all these memories of these people. I've had relatives pass away, and I, I, I go through the videos, and I've cut up um videos of their relatives that just died and I'm able to send that to them and they have these memories of their relatives but my dad was also pulling out the camera on everyone you could see it like people would come visit my dad and he would whip out the camcorder and get a little video of them and he does have like their memory trapped on this these videos but none of them are seeing it you know none of their relatives are seeing it unless they're my relative and then I can send it to them but it is funny. I mean, my dad, I mean, I have, you know, 10 or 12 tapes of just home videos and I have so much footage of me jumping on the trampoline. Would you ever send the footage to your stepbrothers? I thought about it. Uh, what I wanted to do, I just am too busy to do it. But what I wanted to do, and I was working on this, but I accidentally saved all the files as audio files instead of video files. And it... This was, I was doing this on a plane to Sarasota right before COVID. And it was so disappointing that that happened that I, I can't even revisit it right now. But three years later. But um, my dad's, I don't want, you know, when I joke about it, I say my dad's yelling at him. But my dad does, he did fuss a lot. He was always fussing at somebody. So I just feel like my stepbrothers probably would love to have video footage of themselves as kids and, and their mom and stuff like that. But they probably don't want to listen to my dad yelling at them. Mm -hmm. So I thought, how could I edit that out? And I just think it would take a good deal of work to do. That I bet I, they'd appreciate it. That I just don't know that I'm in, that invested in the work. Because I know both you and I grew up with uh, video cameras, our parents videotaping us. But I had cousins who were a little older and they didn't have any video footage of themselves as kids, except for when my dad was videotaping them when they visited us. And oh my gosh, they just are, they would be obsessed with watching those video tapes when they got older. Well, it's great. You know, I mean, I got footage of myself learning to ride a bike. Um, I think my stepbrothers already knew how to ride a bike. And it's so clear that me and my stepbrothers were close. They were so nice to me. I was the youngest. They were so nice to me on video. And I don't remember them even really being rude to me. No more than how kids treat each other in general. And, but just as we got older, the relationship between us became so strained because I think my dad and his wife were having such problems. And then they left when I was about 14. And I'm 40 now. And I did not see them again until 2020. I saw one of my stepbrothers in 2020 at a show in uh, Auburn, Alabama. I did a show there and he came. And it was really great to see him. And it's like, he was my brother for like nine years. But it's like, where do you even begin? It's like, it's nine years, but like from five to 14. Like pivotal years, but not pivotal like remembering years. You must remember a good bit. I mean, those are still remembering years, especially your memory. Yeah, he was such a bad kid. Uh, we used to sneak out all the time. He has, his girlfriend lived um, 
His girlfriend lived, you know, walking distance from where my dad lived. Now, we all rode four-wheelers. That's what we did all the time. But he would want to sneak out at night and go to his girlfriend's house and hang out with her. But he didn't want to go alone, right? So he would always want me and, and one of his other friends to go with him. So we would all have to sneak out. We would all sleep in the, my dad had a, a little uh, pool house built where it was just a, a, a one room with a bed, with a bathroom in there. And then he had a heater or air conditioner in there, window unit, and then bunk beds. And we would all sleep out there all the time. And he would want to sneak out. So we would have to sneak out of the house and walk down there. And it was a long journey through country back roads. There's not a lot of lights uh, I mean, you're just walking on the side of the road, Car, cars will come by occasionally and we're just jumping down in the ditch. And then we would just go hang out at this house for hours while I don't even know what they were doing. I mean, you would think they would be hooking up, but I don't even know how, I don't even know if they were, we were not very old. Um, and we would just go hang out there. Would you be in the same room as him with his girlfriend? We would just be in their house. Like her parents would be there, but they just didn't really seem to care that we were there. They would be asleep. And if we woke them up, they'd be mad, but they didn't really care that we were there. Uh, but it was fun. Those were fun times. But what did it feel like to see him as a grown man? Uh, well, I don't know, really. I mean, it's like, you know, you know, life just goes on, and right? And it's like I've moved from Opelika to Charleston, from Charleston to Nashville, and I feel like each time you move, you change a little bit, you grow, you become a different person. And so it's like it's great to see him, but we're talking, again, we're talking, what is that, um, 16 years, mm -hmm. 26 years? Yeah. Yeah, 26 years. You go without seeing someone, and it's like, yeah, it is great to see you, but it's like the – you know, the last couple of years, we were not, you know, great buddies. You but, say something like, hey, man, broken families suck. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Well, we had great things to say to each other. I mean, it was great to see him. I mean, he's, um, I got some pictures with him. Uh, and he's got kids now. He's got a bunch of kids. We didn't have kids at the time when I saw him. And I'd like to see him again. But Opelika needs to get it together with the comedy club thing. I mean, let's get a good club up in there. I mean, Auburn, I mean, I'm not trashing the crown of comedy, but it's not been my favorite spot to perform. Well, hey, it's better than Mississippi. Well, yeah, they don't even have a club that I'm aware of. Yeah, you know, I always say uh, Alabama has two clubs, but I guess they do have three. Crown of comedy is a club. So there you go. Look at that. So, you know, so when we were talking about uh, trampolines and, and, and my back hurting and my body hurting got to thinking about massages. I just, I like a massage, but I don't do enough of them. Right. I don't, I don't, I don't know what enough is, but there was a long time in my life that I'd never done a massage. I want to think that maybe you took me to my first massage. What? Yeah. I want to think so. You'd never had a massage before you met me. I don't think so. What was your apprehension? I don't think there's any apprehension. Uh, I just uh, wasn't doing it. Okay. I want to say the first massage I ever got was that place when we were living in Hendersonville. We went to that. We went to a place. And you took me there. You bought me a massage. Mm -hmm. And it was great. I mean, it was incredible. I'd never had that done. And I thought, wow, this is amazing. Yeah, I've gotten a lot of massages in my life. 
Well, then we went, yeah, about as many massages as uh, psychic checks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly, I told you that the other day. Like, I used to I used to just go around Toronto seeing if I could, someone could read my fortune and rub my back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you took me to the first one, and then I, uh, I got, we got a, I don't know if you got one. Maybe you did. Yeah, when we went to... Um, uh, that resort in Charleston. What was yeah. that? Uh, what was that? I forget what that's Kiwa? called. Kiowa Island. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I got a gig. Now I lived in Charleston for 11 years and never went to Kiowa Island. My buddy Derek worked there. I never went out there. It's so fancy. It's such a nice resort. And I got a gig out there in probably 2018 or 2019. So me and Hannah went, we stayed at this incredible hotel. We got a lot of video footage of it, but I had terrible acne at the time. And I, I, I went back to watch the footage and I was like, I don't even want to show this. People are going to be like, what happened to you? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, it was so great. And we got massages there. We, got, we both got massages there and those were incredible. So then we got another, we went to another resort uh, where I got another gig where I did the Sheets Fest. And I forget what that resort, the Seven Springs Mountain Resort or something in uh, Pennsylvania. And we had Charleston, we had Kiowa Island on our mind when we were, when I saw we were getting booked at another resort. So Hannah was like, yeah, I definitely want to go. And it was not Kiowa Island. I mean, it was fine, but the room was like a regular hotel. Um, we had a balcony, but, and, and they treated me very nice and they paid me well, but it was not the same kind of hotel and we got massages there too i think you might have got like a manicure or something i got a massage and they were real rough on my neck in there i think i've had neck pain since that since that thing the lady kept like digging her fingers in my neck and i was like well maybe she this hurts but maybe she knows something maybe she's feeling something in there and i need to just let this ride did you tell her you you were feeling you were wanting some neck attention uh, no Oh, so she just went for your neck? I think she, I mean, she did the whole massage, but it just really felt like the rest of the massage was great, but she was really digging in my neck. <laughs> and then, uh, okay. and then after that, me and Hannah uh, was up in Canada one time and, and her uh, dad and his dad's girlfriend got us a, got us a, a massage. Yeah. They sent us to a nice spa in Peterborough. Yeah, so we show up to the spot in Peterborough, and I don't, you know, I don't ask any questions. I didn't book it. And then this guy and this girl come in the room to take us back, and the guy's going to be giving me the massage. And I was like, oh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Like, and, and, and people act like they want to make it seem like I'm weird because I don't want a guy massaging me, right? And I, But... It's, I just don't. I mean, I don't, I'm glad he has a job. I hope that he's very successful in the job, but I just don't want him rubbing on my back. Now, I don't get massages and think, ooh, this feels good. I love that a woman's rubbing me down, but I don't want a dude rubbing me down like that. I don't want a dude putting oil on his hands and then rubbing it on my back. Yeah, I don't, I think most of my massages are from women. And I don't feel like I've ever felt anything sexual there. But I do feel like if it were a man, it's almost like I feel like you feel like if you were with a man. Like, I feel like I'd be wondering, like, is he into this or something? Like, it's more sexual for me if it's a man. 
Yeah, well, I hated that day that you had to get stuck with a man, but it was like, it was oh, going to... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He was... Yeah. 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 But it's like, you know, they try to make... They tried to make me uncomfortable about it. Like, they tried to, in that, almost shame me because I didn't want uh, yeah. to have... And I'm like, listen, I don't care. I just... That's not what I want. I'll just... We can just cancel this thing. I mean, I don't care. They looked surprised that you uh, wanted to switch. And for me, the only thing that made me uncomfortable was you and your Southern accent. Yeah. And they were like, oh, this American in here. Yeah, dang right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Dang right. Yeah. This, uh, Canadians are much more evolved. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, nah. I mean, my, now, now, for instance, I got a brother-in-law, real big guy, real tall, thick dude, he tells me when he gets a massage, he's like, I want a man to do it because he's like, I really want somebody that can dig in there and really get at the muscles. But I'm not big like that. I don't need some dude getting in there. <laughs> you know? Yeah, you I, barely like a woman digging uh, in yeah, on you. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, a, I'm like a medium pressure. I don't need you getting all rough with me. Just, I want to just enjoy or relax. It's like, just having someone rub hands on you is nice and relaxing. Mm -hmm. You know, just get in there. It's like, uh, but I, this is what I always feel like. Every time I get a massage, every single time, with the ex one exception, in Chattanooga, I've been to this lady twice. When I've been down doing shows at the Comedy Catch, I'll get massages down there. And she, I told her that I wanted her to focus on the shoulders because I was having a lot of shoulder pain. And she really did. But for the most part, it feels like every time I um, I get a massage, I tell them that my shoulders are bothering me and that's why I'm in there. And they'll start with the shoulders and I'm like, okay, good. This is great. This is what I'm talking about. Next thing you know, we're rubbing on my calves and I'm like, my calves are fine. I don't need the calves massage. I just need you to do the shoulders. <laughs> You know what I mean? And they're always like, they're always go strip down to your comfort level. And I'm like, okay, that's, that's underwear for me. I mean, I've gotten naked before, but I'm not trying to get naked up in this room. Uh, you know, it's like, I don't need you. I don't need you anywhere around those areas. It's like, there might've been a time in my life where I might've been into something like that. But nowadays I'm like, I got shoulder pain. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got shoulder pain. Have you ever been in a position where you're like, is this going somewhere? Well, I never have felt like it was going anywhere, right? I think that's, I think dudes, and I think this is why it seems like dude, like Deshaun Watson, who played for the Cleveland Browns, and I've heard some other stories of people that like, you know, sexually harass masseuses. And I think what happens is, you know, you can feel like because someone's rubbing up on you that, this is, it feels like it's going somewhere, right? I've felt more like that getting haircuts before when they do a scalp massage <laughs> than, <laughs> than I have an actual massage. Dang. Um, yeah, I mean, you ever did that thing? There's like a wire thing that you can like yeah. run through. I mean, you do that, you're like, whoa, are we <laughs> dating now? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> But, um, Dang, I better go with you next time you go to Supercuts. <laughs> but the, um, but the back massage, no, I never feel like that because I'm like, well, this is designed to feel good. I mean, their job is to, to, for you to feel good. But, um, I did go to a place recently 
And, you know, I just looked up a place and uh, I was in the, uh, I showed up and it was like a, uh, like a kind of a business uh, park where it was just those old school, like almost like 90s, like strip mall buildings, but not really a strip mall, but strip mall like offices where it's just like one right after another, just different kinds of offices. Nondescript. Yes. So I found the one that I wanted to go to. I walked in. I'm kind of in a lobby. Nothing particularly nice about it, but not trashy. And they had a bathroom right there. So I just went ahead and used the bathroom. And then I see that my room that's like the massage place I'm looking for. So I open the door. And when I open the door, I'm like in the massage room. And the lady's just sitting there on her phone when I walk in. And she goes, oh, hey, great. And then we talk for a minute. I see the bed there. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're just doing this in like an office. This is not really set up like a massage studio. You know, I've been to, you go to Kiowa, uh, you go to this place in Toronto that we went to. I mean, you might be able to sit in the steam room for a bit, sit in the sauna before you get your massage. You got some relaxing music, you know, cucumber water and some fruit. And you're just hanging out in there in a robe before they call you back. You know what I mean? This lady was like, all right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, she's like, all right, well, I'll just step out of the room here. And you just strip down to your comfort level. and step in, She's like, I'll step into the parking lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, you derobe. And, uh, and it was a good massage. I mean, the massage was good, but it was like what's going on here? You know, it's like, was this lady just like working at a massage studio and was like, you know what? I'm just going to go out on my own. But I just feel like there, there is a lot to an aesthetic of the place. There could be, you know, she had some music playing, but it was not great. And then the, she had, you know, blinds, but it was still pretty bright in there. Oh God, really? You know, yeah. That's awful. I mean, of course my face was down in the, in the face thing for the first part of the massage. So it was dark. And then she put it like a, like a, a ice mask on me for the second part. And it was good. I mean, I, I enjoyed the massage, but it's like, yeah, I mean, there, there is something you need an aesthetic. Well, the second you walk in, your body's having a visceral reaction to this right. bizarre environment. Yeah. But she was good. But I, I think I downplayed how much pressure I wanted to her. And I have a hard time when I'm in the massage being like, harder, harder. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh. oh, yeah. So it was good. Now, I do have another one coming up. I've, I've made another in a couple of weeks because I reached out to this lady first and then she didn't get back to me fast enough, so I booked a different one. And then she got back to me. And she seems to be doing it out of her house. But it is like five minutes. No, no, no. Like three minutes from our house. And it, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. See, that makes me uncomfortable. You just go into a girl's house to get rubbed down? <laughs> well, based on the pictures, it seems like an older lady. Well... That's fine, but I mean... I don't know what the difference would be. Maybe if, she's the madam. Well, hopefully she has a studio and it's not in an office strip mall. Or her garage. Yeah. But even if it's a garage, maybe it's set up like a massage. Well, to be continued. Yeah. But, you know... keep those panties on, Let's see, buddy. but the one in Chattanooga, the lady in Chattanooga, I mean, she is a strong woman, and she is able to really get in there on those shoulders, and I'm like, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, stay away from that neck, though. 
Yeah, stay away from the neck. Oh, and I went to, there's a lady in um, um, Mount Juliet that I went to a couple of times, an Asian lady, and she always, um, she always makes it seem like I'm looking for a happy ending. Like, she doesn't say anything about it, but she's it, just her, her temperament towards me. And then the last time she did the suction cups thing, like they call it cupping. Okay. And I did not care for that. What do you mean she makes it seem like you're looking for a happy ending? That's so awkward. Well, it's no, she doesn't say anything about it. And this could be my own just, th but it's just like, uh, it's just like she makes it seem like I'm assuming something else is going to happen here. Like, what does she do? I don't know. It's all about the attitude. Oh, my goodness. Why would you ever go back there? Well, the massage She's was making great. making you feel like a creep? Like, no, she doesn't service men? I don't think she was making me feel like a creep, but um, um, but the reason I don't go back there, the first massage was great. The reason I go back there the second time is because she did, after the second time, because she did that cupping thing. Uh-huh. And it's not very good. And I feel like it's a cop out for the for them yeah. because they're just rubbing a suction cup on your back, yeah. as opposed to digging in there. And I'm like, never I need you do to. the cups, never do the stones, never do the dang chakras energies. I would like to do acupuncture. Okay. You know, my uncle was a chiropractor. He died when I was real young, but he was a chiropractor, and he used to do acupuncture. It seems as though you've had a storied past with massages. This and you're is very, just still looking for your Mount Rushmore. Yeah, this is um, all since 2017. Yeah. I mean, I got my first massage then. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, you know, it's like all the traveling I do and all that stuff. I mean, it's stressful. I mean, I'm not to say that, you know, I mean, probably a construction worker could probably use the massages the most. Well, your posture can can use some adjustment and i think your posture is what maybe gives you a little bit of problem and that that could be true that very well could be true but the massage felt good and it, it does kind of open you up and you know i also have been to a few chiropractors i used to go to a chiropractor a lot growing up my dad would always take me dr andy was this guy's name and he would do you would go in and you would tell him what was bothering you and he would do the exact same adjustment every single time he goes well, what's going on this week and you're like well i've been having some headaches he goes okay no problem and it'd be that he'd give you an adjustment and then the next week you're like oh my leg's been hurting exact same adjustment he's like oh your leg's been hurting now well, we'll get you fixed up so, uh, did it, so he's a quack I mean, no, he always popped the back, and I liked him, I, you know. I mean, I was a kid. I don't think I even really needed to be going to the chiropractor. Why was your dad going there? My dad real loves the chiropractor, and I think it's because his brother, he was very close to his brother. and his, My dad used to do chiropractic adjustments on people just at the house. Like, people would be like, I've been getting a lot of headaches, and he'd go, let me pop your neck. And he would just pop people's neck in the, in the house. Mm -hmm. But I guess one lady came over and, said that and he popped her neck and i think it got much worse so he stopped doing it oh man but he was doing people's necks for a long time my dad used to pop my neck and back adjustments and my dad's got a little kind of a wooden box thing that you can lay on and put your face down in so you can really get your your back popped what where's that been the whole time we've been going home and visiting i don't know that's what i'm talking about but it's like i've been to a lot of chiropractors the last chiropractor i was visiting uh, I got, I don't know what was going on with it. I mean, I, I bought into it 
I bought into it, but I just don't know that they were doing anything. Yeah. But this is the thing. I didn't have any real problems going in there. So um, I was initially going there for shoulder pain in my right shoulder, which later, according to an episode of Monk, we realized that that could be associated with rupturing appendix, appendicitis. Um, so I think that's what that was. My shoulder was in severe pain, honestly. And um, so I started going to them, but I, I signed up for it and then I ruptured my appendix. So I started going after the appendix and my shoulder started feeling better, but I was like, was it because the appendicitis was gone? Uh, but they would do, but I would talk to people in the lobby while I was waiting for uh, to see the doctor and people would be like, yeah, I've traveled. I travel four hours to come here. This is the only, maybe not that far. I travel two hours to come here because this is the only chiropractor that will do the kind of adjustment that I need. Yeah. So they may specialize in something, but I like an old school back cracker. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I like. That's what I'm into. But you know, when you go down all these fitness wormholes, like when you have stomach problems like I do, and you start going down all these wormholes, it's like, you're like, you're just trying to uh, find an alternative, find a better way to live, find something that makes you feel better. So you end up going down all these wormholes and the next thing you know, everything you eat is unhealthy and you're like, there's chemicals and everything and, and there are chemicals and everything. And then you're like, oh no, it's in my washing detergent, my shampoo, all the shampoos now say no parabens. And I'm like, what is a paraben? And why has that been in my shampoo all this time? And then they're like, there's stuff in the water. Get to get water filters. Plastics in your clothes. Yeah. On your sheets. Yeah. And it's like just everything. And, and I believe that it is all out there, but it's like hard to avoid everything. And it's like, what do you do? You know? And it's like, so I just try to, you know, see these people and uh, try to get my, get myself on track. I, I feel like we kind of make it seem like sometimes all of this stuff is new. Like all of these procedures and things are new and that they didn't have these throughout history. But I bet they did have stuff like this all along, you know. I mean, I am totally into the mind, body, soul approach to health. I don't think that, you know, having a standalone symptom or disease or condition is just a function of your body malfunctioning or whatever. It's it's all connected. So you know, finding the pieces of the puzzle through whatever means you can. I, I think that that's the way that to go. And I think that's often overlooked in the uh, medicalized society that we live in. Well, I do think that. I mean, in a lot of ways, I think people, you know, medical staff is trained now to, you know, and, 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 and I think it's due to a lot of people uh, want this, but I think they just will give, they'll just prescribe you something as opposed to being like, hey, why don't you uh, clean up your diet? Like, I remember I saw a dermatologist. I went to a dermatologist. Now, I used to have a bowl cut. This was, I was probably in my late 20s. I was selling pesticides. I had a bowl cut. I was doing a lot of comedy, doing a lot of drinking, uh, heavy drinking. And I was working in the day, sweating out all the toxins. My hair was always laying on my head. 
and I was always dealing with pesticides and probably a lot of dust on the bottles and all kind of probably touching chemicals themselves. And I would swipe my hair out of my head, out of off my forehead. I would get real sweaty and I would push it off my forehead. And I started to get these zits on my forehead that would just not go away. No matter what I put on there, they would just not go away. I would lay in the sun and try to get them air and sun. I would put, I had all kinds of different things I was putting on there. Now, I wasn't into the essential oils, probably for the best. I would have probably burned my head up. But it was so, it got so bad. My forehead got started to get so red. About half of my forehead was red and puffy. And I had a guy working with me, T Mike. He was working with me, and it got so bad that T Mike uh, assumed that I had some sort of birthmark on my forehead that I was hiding, and that's why I had my hair like that. And one day we were just sitting together, and he asked me about it. And I go, Oh, dude, I don't know what this is. I don't know how to make this go away. And he's like, Dude, you got to go to the doctor. And I didn't even think about the walk-in clinic. I just called a doctor's office and they were like, yeah, we're by appointment only and we're booked up. And I'm like, listen, I'm like, I got something going on with my forehead and I need to see a doctor, <laughs> right? And they go, all right, we'll let you see the, we'll, we'll let you see the doctor's assistant. And I go, great, anybody. I couldn't get dermatologist appointments. Nobody would see me. I didn't even think about a walk-in clinic, but I was like, um, so they agreed to see me and I walk in and the doctor's assistant comes in and she goes, all right, so you got, and, I, and I'm only going to see her. They're not going to let me see the doctor. And she goes, oh, so you got something going on with your forehead, huh? And so I pull up my hair off my forehead and she looks at it for like two seconds and she goes, all right, let me get the doctor real quick. And she goes and gets the doctor and he takes a look at it. He makes me an appointment for a dermatologist. I'm in there the next day. Uh, the dermatologist prescribes me some stuff. And then I ask them. Now, at this time, I am eating probably the worst way that you can possibly eat. I'm eating a loaded omelet biscuit from Hardee's in the morning. I'm having, you know, Bojangles in the morning, bacon, egg, and cheese. I'm having... Moe's for, for lunch or, or Arby's uh, 99 cent menu. I'm having um, pizza for dinner. I'm smoking cigarettes all day. I'm drinking every day after work. I mean, I'm just now looking back, I'm like, I'm just pouring toxins into my body. And I think this was my body screaming, going, get this out of here. Well, you're also literally pouring toxins with your hands every day. Well, yeah, but I mean, I'm not, I wasn't actually touching the pesticides. Once in a while, a bottle would break or something and would get on my skin, but I didn't spray the pesticides. I didn't, I wasn't pouring the bottles, but yeah, I mean, I was touching a lot of dirty stuff. And I mean, I was just putting dirty in, putting dirty on my skin. And I asked the dermatologist, I go, do you think this has anything to do with my diet? And she goes, no, not at all. She goes, not. And they never told me what it was. I think I had a, I think I had a staph infection on my forehead. They never told me what I had, but they gave me some pills and some cream and it went away. But then it came back and they gave me something different 
And that next thing they gave me, I had an allergic reaction to, and my arms broke out real bad. Both of my forearms broke out real bad. And they gave me a steroid cream to put on there. The medicine they had me taking was so powerful. I remember taking one when I got to work one day, and then I went out to the car and threw up because it was just so hard on my stomach. And eventually it went away. And But I had to go back to the doctor, and they, they would – they would act so confused. I'd have to go back to the dermatologist. And eventually I told them what to do. I just said, listen, this is what I want you to do. I just want you to give me the original stuff you give me and just keep giving me that so that, you know, this thing goes away for good. And, uh, and eventually it did. So you took it and it went away completely. Yeah. And then like you stopped taking it and how fast did it take to come back? It wasn't super fast, but it didn't take long. I mean, I, I don't remember exact times, but. Oh, man, that's ferocious. Yeah, you know, and I also wonder, they say that you can get a thing called mercury poisoning, where if you have mercury fillings and it begins to leak out, it can poison you. Um, and at that time, I had a dentist that was removing some of my mercury fillings. Now, this guy, you know, in 2020, I had all my mercury fillings removed. I started going, seeing the dentist. Um, I was like, well, this is a good time. I got nothing going on. And I started getting, and I went to a holistic doctor and I started getting all of those removed. Uh, and they have to go through quite the procedure. And I think this guy was doing all that. But I think if any of that leaks out, it can cause you mercury poisoning. And I'm wondering if that's not what happened. I think it just makes more sense that your hands are getting scuffy at work. You're getting sweaty, your skin's not able to breathe, and then the sweat and the dirt and the muck is getting caught on your forehead under your hair, and it just gets infected. Yeah, I mean, I got a little bit of scarring, like, on my temple from where it was it was so bad. You know what? When I first met you, I noticed it. Did you? It wasn't very noticeable, but you could see it in certain light. Yeah. I don't ever think about it or notice it now, maybe because your hair is longer and you're always wearing a hat. But the way you wore your hair when I first met you, the way it would be slicked back off your face. Oh, yeah. You could kind of, it was just slight scarring. Yeah, and that's where it came from. Now, I also have been punched in my eyebrow here, and it's that's been busted open before. So that's, um, so I got a little scar inside the eyebrow. You're a little bit of a rashy kind of person. We don't need to get into it, but <laughs> yeah. your body likes to react to things. Yeah, I get a little, yeah, it is, it does. It does, and bugs like you, and you get little bites up all over you on the, in the summer, and ain't no telling where Yeah, I mean, I got chiggers. Uh, that's what they call them in Tennessee. We always called them red bugs in Alabama, but I got them real bad in Tennessee one time. I mean, we were looking at land. This is why we were looking at land, and I went into the woods, and the guy that uh, was showing us, the real estate agent, he put these big boots on, and I was like, and I, I just wore my loafers out there. And I was like making fun of him because, because I'm like, you know, I used to play in the woods so much that I'm just like, I'll go out in the woods in anything. It doesn't make any difference to me. So I was kind of making fun of him about the boots. But I got eight up that day. And my whole foot, both of my feet were just covered with little bumps. And it was so, now... We also went to my dad's house. My dad has a lot of animals inside, and I saw a flea in the bed. So I think I got like a double dose of chiggers and fleas. Yeah, they I, like you. I got eight up. They like what you got going on. And I'll bite you too. Yeah. 
Well, dogs. That's why I have such a weird relationship with dogs. You know, they're always trying to bite me and stuff, too. So, so when you had this rash on your forehead, were you scared? Were you like, oh, my gosh, what is this? No, I wasn't scared. I don't get scared about stuff like that. Oh. But I, I, I did just, I mean, my, I don't know. My, my buddy kind of freaked me out for a second. Yeah. Um, your buddy sounds like the way I'd react. Yeah, he's kind of he was kind of freaking me out a little bit, and I was like, "Well, I need to get this checked out." But I mean, once I was actually in the doctor, and I'm like, "All right." Sometimes you need somebody to just like wake you up sometimes because you're like, "Ah, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine," and then all of a sudden, someone's like, "No, nah, dude, get that shit checked out." Yeah, I mean, because I just kept going through the the normal protocols of acne medication because it just started off as zits, but it's like they all grew together, and it was just this big swollen red. I mean, it was so bad. Yeah. I wish I had a photo of it. It was so bad. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, my, my face has been through it. Yeah, and you know what? You did have real bad acne a couple of years ago, and you had it pretty bad for at least a year. Yeah, on and, my cheeks. And your face is really not that scarred at all. Like, you, your, your skin looks great. Yeah, it was on my cheeks. Now, I will tell you this. I'll confess this. I mean, and I've already told you this before. You know this, but you probably have forgotten. But... You know, when I was growing a beard, you know, um, I uh, my beard was never as thick as I wanted it to be. It still is not. I mean, uh, my beard is great. Uh, I have the perfect facial hair if you want to be clean shaven because I can shave. It's very smooth and I don't have to shave all the time. But my beard has never been as thick as I wanted it to be. And I, I read somewhere that if you don't wash it every day, you know, then it can help it, you know, thicken up. And I think that's true even for your own hair on your head. But I took it a little too far, I think. And I just kind of got into washing my face and avoiding the beard. So I probably went for a while not really washing the beard as well as I should have. And then, you know, it's like even that one time, this is disgusting, but I was telling you that I was like, I was, I was going into, we were living in the rat house and I was going into rooms and I was, I would be like, oh, this room smells like throw up in here. This room smells gross. And then I, I was like, this whole house smells gross. And then I realized that it was my mustache, <laughs> that my mustache smelled disgusting because I had not been washing it well. So when I went to the dermatologist about that acne and she told me to start using uh, head and shoulders on my face, and, and in my beard, it occurred to me in that moment that this all of this acne that I've been going through might just be because I've not been washing my face properly. <laughs> I forgot about that. Because, yeah, there was a real time when I'm like, his beard smells like... <laughs> his beard smells like puke. <laughs> yeah, he did call it pukey beard. Yeah, that's so <laughs> gross. So gross. Well, it is gross. And then you were just like, nah, it's fine. I'm like, I'm telling you something here. Well, I just was, um, you know, I don't know. It just is, um, you know, you just got to go through these things. You got to go through these things. You got to live through it. I mean, we we're also living in a house that had a lot of rats in it. Probably not great for the skin. You know, I understand not washing in, in hopes of rejuvenating your hair growth because I, I lost my, I was, my hair was really thin and um, right around the time I met you, honestly. 
And, um, and it had been like that for a year or two and I was real freaked out. Um, so I just stopped washing my hair and I would just watch it once a week, but I didn't even put dry shampoo in it. So by like day five, six, seven, my hair was just disgusting. Um, but then I moved down here and got a lot of loving and started to eat better and gained a bit of weight and my hair seems to to re, re, refurbished itself. Yeah, I mean, I think our body um, reacts to things. It's like even like you know, I've I've read this. It's like when I was a kid, I would get a fever, and we would want to get medication right away to get that fever down. But I've, you know, I've done a lot of research and I'm not giving any advice here, but I've done a lot of research and just reading stuff. And people talk about how a fever is actually good for your body. A fever is uh, recognizing that there's some sort of toxin or something in your body that needs to be taken care of. So your body is heating up to take care of that. So it's actually a really good thing. Now, obviously you don't want it to get too high, but it's actually a good thing to have a fever. Um, and coughing, I mean, you probably got something in your lungs. If your nose is running, then your sinuses are probably dirty and need to be cleaned out. Um, you know, all of these things are our body's uh, mechanisms for healing us. But we want to go and get medicine right away to fix it. I mean, I used to, I would drink so much, I would get so sick once a year, and I would, the moment I felt myself getting sick, I would just go buy a bunch of medicine NyQuil, I love NyQuil or, or any type of medicine that you, that will make you drowsy. I love to do that and just pass out for a couple of days. You know, it was fun. I mean, I loved it. I mean, that was me like, oh, I'm sick, but I probably felt sick because I was taking this weird drowsy medication. Yeah. I remember when I was in New York and, um, I got sick and I was dating a, a guy and he was American and, um, I got sick. He's like, get some medicine. And I was like, what do you mean get medicine? He's like, go get you some medicine at the CVS or wherever. And I thought, okay. And so I went with him and he just like bought all this kind of, you know, easy to buy, I guess. Is it, is it called over the counter? Over the counter. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I just thought, oh, so this is how they do it down here. Huh? They just grab some of this stuff from the store. And I mean, I'm sure some people do that in Canada, but I mean, for me getting sick, at home, you just kind of wait it out. You just drink water, sleep, maybe take an Advil. But I wasn't like, I just didn't believe that like NyQuil or Robitussin works. Yeah. I mean, they say when people have bad experiences with fevers, they're dehydrated. Like if you don't drink water and you have a fever, it can be really bad for you. But as long as you stay hydrated, your body is doing what it's supposed to be doing. That's why fasting is good. Fasting gives your body an opportunity to work on things. And that's why they also say that the sauna is good. They say that a sauna can actually heat your body up to kind of the temperature that it would be if you had a fever. So it will help your body burn up toxins without having to go through that. And so it's like, like if you do a detox, they say that you can feel like you have the flu because you're actually, you know, your body is going through this thing of getting rid of toxins. Mm. It's amazing stuff. It is fascinating. Well, let me talk about um, a little uh, where we've been, where we're going. We usually do that at the beginning. We've glossed right over it. All right. We're uh, almost at an hour. I, um, I, um, 
This past weekend, I was in Indianapolis. I went to Helium. I'd never been to Helium. Um, I'd never been to any Helium, for that matter. But I've been to Indianapolis a bunch of times. I talked about it last week. But it's just a really great time. Uh, the shows were great. I appreciate everybody that came out. Um, a lot of fun. Uh, nothing wild happened, really. It was just um, I went to two cigar bars. One was far too loud, and I think I strained my voice in the first night. And then on Friday, I went to another one, Nikki Blaine's or something, a downstairs basement uh, cigar bar. And it was great. Very smoky, but it was great. A lot more quiet, a lot more chill. Uh, got a real kind of mafia vibe down there. But I like Indianapolis. It got real cold on me while I was there. But And then I had a show last night at Zany's. I did my uh, Dusty Slay's Grand Old Comedy Show. And that was a lot of fun. We had Kathleen Madigan on the show, Brian Bates. Uh, a new guy named Ryan McComb. It was a lot of fun. The show was great. I appreciate everybody that came out. Those shows have sold out every time for like, I don't know, almost a year now. And it's really amazing. At one point, I was thinking, I started doing that show in probably 2016, maybe 17. And I was, at one point, I was thinking of canceling it. Definitely 2016 is when I started it. And I was thinking of canceling it because attendance was pretty low. And now it sells out every time. So that's great. And then this weekend, I'm going to be in Portland, Oregon at Helium Comedy Club. Uh, I've not been to Portland since 2017. I hear there's been some changes. But um, in 2017, I had a great time. I did uh, Bridgetown Comedy Festival on their very last year that they did Bridgetown. That was when I first started to get noticed by industry people. Uh, I got interest from JFL based off Bridgetown. I got interest from ABC based off Bridgetown. And I had a lot of fun, fun in Portland. It's the first city I'd ever gone to where weed was legal. And, uh, you know, I remember being at the festival. I'd buy weed and I would smoke a little bit of it during the day, even though I never smoke weed before shows. But I was just like... I got no time after the shows. This is my only time to do it. So I would just, you know, do it and walk around Portland. And it was a lot of fun. Um, and then I remember one night I was like, I was watching some shows and I was like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to, as soon as the shows were done, I was like, I'm going to take a couple of puffs and then I'm going to go to the after party. And I took a couple of puffs. I got way too high. I walked all the way through the after party. I just looked at everyone, walked all the way through, did a circle, walked out, got an Uber, went to my hotel. <laughs> I was like, I can't do it. Um, so I'm excited to be going back. I'll be at the Helium in Portland, and then I'll be doing Thursday, Friday, Saturday there. And then on Sunday, I'll be in a place called Corvallis, uh, Oregon, where we have two theater shows. I've already sold out one, so we added a second one. I don't know where that, that show is at. I don't know how it's selling, but we have sold out the one. So all very exciting stuff. That's where we'll be. That, well, that's where I'll be this weekend. Uh, so come see me. Um, and then, you know, I was gonna, um, you know, I've gotten a lot of great emails. People have really been emailing and I appreciate it. I got Wait, one. Do we want to do a little? Well, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we decided that, you know, the podcast is picking up. We're getting more listeners. Um, and, uh, that's all great news. I love that, but things are picking up. And so I just thought, you know, it might be a good idea because you're probably not hearing this sort of stuff a lot, but you know, I'm a Christian and I like to talk about the Bible on the podcast. I think it's fun. 
Um, I like to, you know, I, I plan to try to do something where I, you know, I'll read some stories and just get into some characters of the Bible just for some fun kind of talks. But I talk about, you know, the Old Testament and following, following biblical laws and stuff like that. And it gets wild. And it's just a good fun, good old fun time. Um, because, you know, I, I just, that's how I like to live my life. And I feel like it helps me. I feel like it makes me a happier person. So, you know, there's no judgment here. If you're new to the podcast and you're like, whoa, 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 this is the we're having a good time guy. And now all of a sudden he's talking about the Bible. What's going on? So that's what I like to do. I think it's fun. I enjoy talking about it. And um, so, you know, a lot of times people send in emails about it. Um, and um, and so then I'll, I'll read the emails and talk to them about it. But I've been getting so many good ones. Uh, I've not really been... I didn't keep track of them from last week. Last week we did... Uh, we mainly read emails and talked about stuff. So this week I wanted to do something a little different. Um, but someone sent me an email almost right before we did this podcast. And I just thought it was interesting because I've been talking about, I love to talk about Old Testament stuff. I love to talk about following laws. But I think this this email will help lead us into what I'd like to discuss. Um, uh, he's, this person says, found you from Nate land. Uh, I've listened to your podcast for a while. Haven't listened to every episode yet, but I'm working my way back. Love all your stories and life experience. My question is about your stance on the old Testament. I have, and this is why I talk about the old Testament so much is because this is where I get the most amount of questions from. And I like that. Uh, I have grown up in the church and also been a part of the party scene. We followed a similar path. I still drink, but hope to quit one day. I did do dry January and was proud of myself. Even while hosting uh, many, uh, well, this will give away where they're from, so I'll skip that, but a football party. Anyways, back to the Bible talk. Uh, you follow rules from the Old Testament, but can we all agree that, there it, that, there, that it was a different time? And yes, I can agree that it was a different time. While not eating pork, there were some other crazy laws in Leviticus that were, quote, of the times. Is your wife unclean for seven days because she has her period or unclean for longer because she gave birth to a daughter instead of a son? I will include a reference, but some of these seem due to the times and trying to populate the earth with God's people. I don't know. That's what they said. Um, you know, and it's like, yeah, I mean, it, it, you know, just to kind of answer this now, they did include a Bible verse, so I'll get into that, but it's like, yeah, I mean, a lot of these are of a different time, right? Um, now there may be something to that, but I think sometimes just something being unclean doesn't necessarily mean bad or, or whatever. It's just like, you know, it's just, uh, I don't know. It just, it just is not clean. Right. So for whatever reason, um, we're not supposed to be messing around with it. Um, so no, I mean, my, my, when my wife's on her period, I don't send her away to a shed and go, you come back in a week. Um, well, just that one time, but yeah, I had it coming. but you know, it's like, um, you know, I, I try to think about it like this. Now, I don't know if there's any science to this, but I have heard of women tell me that they, if they if they live together, if they spend a lot of time together, their periods will sync up. 
right? And I've also had women tell me that they wish they could go away somewhere and just sit while their period was going on. They wish they didn't have to go to work. They wish they didn't have to go to school. They wish they could disappear a little bit for a week. So imagine you're living in a small community with all families. You have and all the women have now synced up and there, you have this time of the month where all the women just go get to go sit in their own tent. They're away from all the men. They don't have to hear their men complaining about stuff. And they just get to sit in the tent and just go through that time of the month. And Matter I ju- of fact, I think I just saw a headline that somewhere in Europe, there's a country that actually gives women... Uh, valid time off when they need time off for their periods. Right. I just, you know, I think that this is oftentimes we can look at this and we go, oh, look how they were treating women. Uh, but in another way, it's like, well, it seems like, uh, you know, they're, they're giving women um, space, you know, letting them roam. And here's another one. They said, how about in Ruth, where a man offers his daughter up to be raped instead of uh, a random stranger that showed up at his door. Now, this is a thing that happened. I don't think this was a, and I'm, I'm not real familiar with it. I have read it, but it's like, that's not a commandment. No, this is just something crazy that happened. Story. Um, the Old Testament can be crazy. Absolutely. Uh, and I think God, I think that God's grace and hope in Jesus in the New Testament is just easier to comprehend and follow because it relates closer to our times and understanding. Well, it's still a very far away different time, even when Jesus was around. It's still a very far away different time. But um, I think sometimes uh, you can have a better understanding of the New Testament if you have an understanding of the Old Testament, because you understand a little bit more of what Jesus is talking about, uh, because he, he, when he makes reference to the Word, he is only talking about the Old Testament, because there was no New Testament at that time. So you can, I think you can have a better understanding of what Jesus is saying with a better understanding of the Old Testament. And she goes on, this might not make any sense, but just wondered your thoughts on some more of the crazy laws that were also in the Old Testament. Anyways, love you guys and wish you the best. Yeah, I mean, uh, totally. I mean, I'm not saying, and this is what me and Hannah wanted to talk about, uh, actually, because, you know, Hannah uh, kind of brought it to my attention that it, it can be made to seem, because I'm talking about these things, that because I believe in following the laws, that it may seem like I am following them all and that I'm just really walking the line out here. But I mean, the reality is, is I believe in follow, following them, but I'm still like, you know, falling way short. I mean, I'm, I'm very successful with not eating pork and not eating shellfish. And let it, unless it's slipped in there without my knowledge, I'm very good with that. But yeah, I mean, I believe the Sabbath is on Saturday. I believe that we shouldn't work on the Sabbath. I believe that we shouldn't buy things. But, you know, I'm always on the road and I'm always buying things on the Sabbath. I'm always working on the Sabbath. And it's like, I can easily make an excuse for myself and go, hey, this is my job. This is the way it has to be. But, you know, there's a lot of things that I could plan accordingly so that I don't have to do those things. But I keep doing them, right? Because our society is just set up in a way that it's it's hard to not participate on Sabbath. But I do believe it, you know? 
Yeah. And and I think if most Christians are honest with themselves, even if you don't believe like we do, like where we where we try to observe Passover and and not eat certain things and um try to keep our holidays to uh Bible uh feasts and stuff. But I mean, I I think a lot of Christians sort of pick and choose what they think is relevant because you say, "Oh, this this thing in Ruth wasn't that wild." It's like in my opinion, a lot of Christians love them some Proverbs, love them some Psalms, love the, the King David and, and, and the, you know, Genesis. And, and so there's plenty of, of uh, chapters in the Old Testament that, that are often referenced uh, in modern day churches. But, you know, maybe Leviticus and Numbers is not high in that. Well, why not? Why, why is it just because Proverbs is an easier read? And you got to be honest with yourself. It is an easier read. It is more, an easier read. It's more read. interesting. Psalms, it's, very, There's yeah. wisdom. You know, there's it's relatable. But it doesn't mean that there's not still good, valuable stuff that, and, and for me personally, you know, it's like, yeah, obviously we don't adhere to all of the laws in the Old Testament, but we believe God's word when he said, these are important, follow these forever. So we do what we can and we fall short and we are covered in uh, the grace of God and, and Jesus. And, and we believe that deeply too. And I do believe that the punishments uh, that are often listed, I think Jesus did away with the punishments, the stonings. I've said this before, but there'll be, you know, when you read the Old Testament, they'll be like, if you don't do this, you know, you could be stoned. And I think Jesus was like, um, when they're trying to stone this prostitute in the New Testament, he says, okay, he, he, he who is without, without sin cast the first stone. And I think in that simple statement, he's saying, well, yes, of course, this law is right. And of course, this punishment is right. But who among you is not guilty of a stonable offense? Like we're all guilty out here. We're all messing up, right? The idea for me is to just try to live as close as I can to these laws because I just feel like that it's important. I feel like that God was like, I want you to live the best life possible. I want you to be the happiest, the strongest, the healthiest. And these are the ways for you to do that. And I'd like to read a little of this verse. She included a, a, a verse here from Leviticus. And it says, uh, whenever a woman has her menstrual period, she will be ceremonially unclean for seven days. Anyone who touches her during that time will be unclean until evening. And I think that ceremonially unclean just means you can't kind of attend the services or whatever. And any anything on which the woman lies or sits during that time of her period will be unclean. If any of you touch her bed, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water and remain will remain unclean until evening. If you touch any object she has sat on, you must wash your clothes and bathe yourself in water and will remain unclean until evening. This includes her bed or any object she has sat on. You will be unclean until the evening if you touch it. Now, it all seems bad. You're like just going around saying this lady's unclean, this lady's unclean. But it's all saying, hey, she's on her period. Don't be messing around with her. And if you do, you're unclean till to the afternoon. Uh, you know, it's not forever. 
till the afternoon. Well, if but also if you had someone else's blood on you, wouldn't you want to wash that off? Right. Just taking it, talking about taking a bath, washing your clothes. And this says, if a man has sexual intercourse with her and her blood touches him, her menstrual impurity will be transmitted to him. He will remain unclean for seven days. And any bed on which he lies will be unclean. And it's like, yeah, leave the woman alone. Don't be trying to bang her on her period. You know what I mean? Leave her alone. You know what I mean? (laughs) I mean, I just think a lot of this can be boiled down to something as simple as that. But I'm happy we have Jesus because that does sound pretty high maintenance. But it's just saying when, when, yeah, I mean, you know, it does. It, It does sound high maintenance. But it's like just the idea is that it's unclean. It's not the end of the world. It's not death. It's not, you know, it's just like, watch yourself out here. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it was important for, for me to help you address the fact that just because we believe in following and observing Torah and, um, you know, reading and digging into um, these hundreds of pages of the Bible that uh, our God has told us is important because it's all part of the Bible. It doesn't mean that we're these rigid religious fanatics that, you know. Well, I don't know. Well, we're not kind religious. Of a but, well, okay, but if you were, then you wouldn't do comedy on weekends. And well, no, I don't think that's. I don't think that's true. I mean, I, I just think I've been pretty clear on. I think I've been pretty clear on what I believe, and I've never. I've never felt like I've been passing any judgment because I'm just sharing things. I mean, my whole my whole thing is 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 my, my whole point is to share stuff that I've been through, and then talk about ways that I've been able to overcome it. And uh, you know, the Bible and God has been a big part of it. I've been able to overcome. You know, uh, I don't know that you would call me an alcoholic, but I mean, potentially a life riddled with alcohol. I was able to overcome. Uh, and many other obstacles and hurdles because uh, of faith that I had. I've been able to take risk. I've been able to quit my job uh, that I kind of make fun of all the time now, but that job was a salaried position. I got a car allowance. I got health insurance. I had a 401k. I mean, it's the kind of job where you're like, I don't know if you really give this up, especially not with a, without a college degree. Don't give this up. But I was, I've always felt like I could take that risk because I felt like that God was going to protect me. And I just, that's what I like to share. Uh, and that is the important stuff. But I just think some of my message is to existing Christians to encourage them to dig a little deeper into what they believe and don't take it from me, but don't take it from another preacher just because that preacher has been high and lifted up and has this, uh, you know, world acclaim and have written many books uh, they can all be wrong. I mean, the people that God used throughout the Bible, um, for the most part, were not these highly educated people. Some were, but for the most part, they were not. And so, but yeah, I am glad we talked about it too, because I'm not judging people. Sometimes I've had this problem. A lot of my family doesn't like to listen to me when I give advice because they think I'm yelling at them. And that's how my voice sounds. And Hannah always thinks I'm yelling at her. And sometimes I am, but... um but for the most part, I'm just sharing, uh, you know, my journey in hopes that, you know, it might help you. You know, I mean, I'm a respecter of all religions. I mean, I've, I've always, 
uh, stated that I, you know, I, of course I believe mine's right. Otherwise, what would be the point in believing it? But I'm a respecter of all religions, and I think religion helps people. I think it helps you, um, you know, have some morals and, you know, not that people aren't moral. Some people that are completely non-religious are very moral and good people. But I think if you're not that kind of person, religion can help you a lot. Excellent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you, did, I, did I cut you off there? No, you didn't cut me off, but you did say, well, maybe I am a religious fanatic. And I'm like, well, I can't argue with that if that's what you want to say you are. Well, I just think that it's like this. It's like, sure, there's always an argument to be made that, that it's like, well, if you really took it serious, then you then you wouldn't buy on the Sabbath. If you really took it serious, then you, then you wouldn't perform on Saturday. You know, and it's like, there's an argument to be made for that. I mean, I, I will hear it if someone has it to say to me, but... You know, this is the journey I'm on. This is the path I've taken. I feel like that I'm in the right spot and uh, I'm just doing what I can out here, but I'm not going to be nailing it perfect every time, but I am going to do what I can do. And one thing that I can do that's always in my control because I don't have eating problems. I understand people might have that, but I don't have them. So I can always avoid eating pork and eating shellfish and it doesn't bother me. Sometimes I'm uncomfortable to talk with people about it. If I go to lunch, I had an experience. I went to lunch with some people that I know and that I like and that I care about, and they're Christians. And they, uh, one of the guys was a preacher, and they, we went to get some Chinese food, and they offered me like a pork dumpling. And I did not want to tell them that I don't eat pork because then it, they're going to ask why, and then I'm going to tell them. And then because one's a preacher, they're going to want to educate me on it. And I just wanted to have a fun time with my family and uh, or, or friends and not get into a religious debate. So I just said, oh, I'm so full. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I just avoided it. Um, and I think it's fine. Yes, babe. All right. Well, we're, this was great. Well, um, we appreciate you guys listening. I hope to see you in Helium and at, at, uh, at in Portland at Helium, and uh, we're having a good time. I like an old-fashioned back cracker. Mm-hmm.